0: Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. Mm. I tell you what, one of the things we do in The Rock College and Young Adults Group called Winter Circle, we believe in confessing the word, speaking faith out of our Why? Because the Bible says from the abundance of the heart, the mouth's going to speak. You want to change your actions? You got to change your thoughts. Change your thoughts, you change the way that you speak. So I'm going to have you stand back up and I'm going to lead you in our, what we call winner's creed. Winner's creed. Because the Bible says the word is near you in your heart and in your what? Mouth. In your mouth. Everybody say in your mouth. mouth. That is the word of faith. It's near you. Oh, but that seems too simple. You're talking about mind over matter. I'm not talking about mind over matter. I'm talking about the Word of God over matter. And how many, you know, the Word of God is stronger than any matter. Why? Well, you know, I don't, it doesn't matter what's, go- yeah, it does. The Word of God is stronger. It's strong. The Bible says life and death are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. I don't know what kind of fruit you like to eat, but I like eating sweet fruit. I like eating fruit that, that, that tastes really good. Give me a mango. Give me a papaya. Give me some platanitos maduro. Give me something. Well, a lot of people are speaking death out of their mouth. I'll never make it. I'm no good. Oh, it's going to happen again. The devil just puts suggestions, and here it comes out of their mouth. How many of y'all ready to change your tomorrow beginning today? Come on. All right, here we go. Are Are, are y'all ready? Some of y'all look at me like a cow looking at a new gate, <laughs> kind of just saying, what bus did they let that guy off of? Thank you so much for letting me come up here. <laughs> Appreciate the Branleys and everybody else here on staff that allow me. All right. Are y'all, y'all ready to talk? Yeah, the, the yeah, Winner's yeah. Creed. Oh, are, y- are y'all ready? All right. Here we go. You can follow it along. I think it's up there. Yeah, there it is. There it is. All right. Here we go. I was made to be a Winner. Yeah wait hold on here's how here's how it goes we all we all do it together okay i'm gonna do one two ready read and you do it from a faith-filled heart and you let it flow the bible says in joshua it says don't let the book of this law depart out of your what out of your mouth but meditate on it day and night then you will have success wherever you go how many of y'all want some success wherever you go I want success in my marriage, in my family, in career, in going to the grocery store, driving in this traffic. I, I, I want success everywhere. So that's the way you do it. That's the way you do it. So we're going to do it together. I'm going to go one, two, ready, read, and we're all going to do it full of faith. Are y'all ready? You got to get your hands out of your pocket. You got to get them ready. Latinos, we, all, we speak with our hands here. So you got to get there. All right, here we go one, two, ready, read. I was made to be a winner a winner in my personal life, a winner in my business, sport, and career, family, and relationships, a winner over my past, a winner for my future. Defeat will not define me. Failure is not final in my life. If God is for me, who can stand against me? I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Champions don't give up. They get up. I'm not in bondage to my feelings. I'm not controlled by my emotions. we got to do that one again. Come on. Even the way some of y'all are saying it, you're in control. Your emotions are in control. Pastor Ron, don't you have to change it? All right, got to change it. We're going to start with, I'm not in bondage again. Come on, here we go. Here we go. One, two, ready to read. I'm not in bondage to my feelings. I'm not controlled by my emotions. I refuse to live in the past. What is me, I to what God has for the end. I am not a compromiser with low living or a subpar lifestyle. My life is empowered by the champion of all champions, Jesus Christ. I cannot be bought out, detoured, lured away turn back deluded or delayed i will not flinch in the face of sacrifice hesitate in the presence of the enemy ponder at the pool of popularity or meander in the maze of mediocrity i'm finished and done with low living small planning smooth knees colorless dreams small talking constant complaining cheap giving an average mindset and dwarf goals. I was born to soar above complacency, live a life that makes sense, and experience a future that is secure because I'm a follower of the champion. If you believe it, give the champion a big hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, let's pray. Join hands with the person next to you. Father, we thank you for the privilege of being part of Team Jesus. Lord, we give our best to you. Not leftovers on Sunday, but our very best. You deserve the best. To love the Lord your God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And you said have no other gods before you. So we thank you that you are here. We yield to you, King Jesus. We say to you, have your way in whatever you want to do in our lives. Restructure the way we think change the trajectory of our lives to head in the direction that we would please you the most during our stay on earth and make much of you to those around us for your glory and honor. Everybody said a big amen. 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 All right, you may be seated. I want to talk to you a little bit about first choice, first love. Everybody say first choice. First choice, first, choice, first love, first choice. Nobody likes being second choice. They don't like to be the second person that was picked. A first round draft pick is always better than a second or seventh round draft pick. Let's look what the Bible talks about first choice, first love. Revelation chapter 2 verse 2 through 5 says this. I know all things you do. Let's just stop right there. Some of y'all think you're hiding from Jesus. Come on. You looking at me like he's gone to meddling now. I used to think I could fool Jesus. that somehow he didn't see me. And what is he doing down there? I didn't see that. I could hoodwink him or something. He sees everything that we do. I could fool the preacher. I could fool mama. I could fool coach. I remember one time my coach called me in his office private. And he, you know, he didn't claim to be a Christian or anything. But he said, man, you live in compromising life. He said, here I have you leading in prayer. Man, I... I because one of the assistant coaches was the bouncer at one of the clubs in town <laughs> and saw me sneak in. And I tell you what, the conviction of the Lord came all over me. I said, I'm not going to at least that club anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I know all things you do. I've seen your hard work, your patient endurance. I know you don't tolerate evil people. In other words, you don't tolerate ultra-liberal, socialistic, compromising, anti-patriotic, woke individuals. You're not tolerating them. We ain't going to have none of that. It says, you've examined the claims of those who say they're apostles, but are not. In other words, you're not going to just go along with the narrative and fake news. It says, you have discovered they are liars. You have patiently suffered for me without quitting. That seems pretty good there. You've patiently suffered without quitting. That seems like a good, good church group right here. I mean, I take that any day. People that have endured, are patient, they haven't quit. But look what he says here. This is God speaking. But I have this complaint against you. You know that God is the only one that has the right to complain? Turn to the person next to you and say, stop complaining. He's the only one because we've got all his all his resources, everything that he has available for us. And yet we still complain. He's the only one that has the right to complain about us. He says, here's what he complains about. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. Everybody say, as you did at first. Look how far you have fallen. Turn back to me and do the works you did at first. How many of you know it takes a whole lot to maintain Real love in a marriage, that first love in the marriage? How many, only a few people? I mean, I know it takes takes a lot to work on it. As the years go on, it takes a lot to work on it. I mean, you got to have some money to have some honey. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And you better, you better keep a good name to have a dame. (laughs) And a good life makes a happy life. There you go. Because you got to work on it. It doesn't just come naturally. Matter of fact, everything is pulling against, going against the current. Everything's pulling you back. You paddle well, you're going upstream, you're doing good, but just by the time you rest, you're all the way back where you started. It takes a lot of work. you got to keep it going. The sizzle's lost. The spark of romance isn't there. Come on, somebody. Can I get a witness here? I'm looking at the men right now. She can't help but focus on your furniture disease. You know what I'm talking about. Your chest hanging down to your drawers. You're not staying in shape. But yet you want the sizzle. The sizzle is now a fizzle. (laughs) Because you got to work on it. And I believe Jesus is saying the same thing. You've done all these things good. You've done all this. But what happened to that first love? What happened to that first love you once had? That you were always there pressing in. You were always there. Nobody had to remind you to come to 6.15 Tuesday morning prayer meeting. You couldn't wait to get there. Nobody had to remind you to get up early. Nobody had to beg you to come to church. Nobody had to tell you to be part of a connect group. It it, it was a natural residual, the overflow. Why? Because of first love. When you were engaged, that first love, no, you hang up first. No, no, you hang up first. No, no, you hang up first. Come on, will somebody just hang up the phone? Why? Because there's a first love there. And you want to be around that person. Oh, God, I got to be with her again. No, when you had that first love, you couldn't stop being around each other. And Jesus is saying, you've done all these things good, but you don't love me or each other as you did at first. Going on in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew 6, verse 25 says this, beginning of verse 25, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Now, don't start me on women's shoes around here this morning. Fifteen pairs for every outfit. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. Men, they visit DSW one time a year. We got the same shoes for shorts, The same same shoes for casual, the same shoes for dress up. I mean, you all know what I'm talking about. You go to Plato's Closet, 95% of it is the women's section. I gotta have a magnifying glass to find the men's section in there. Saying, don't worry, not having enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds, they don't plant or harvest, or store food in barns. For your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable? Everybody say far more valuable. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're far more valuable. Aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment of your life to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Let's all say it together. He will certainly care for me. One more time. He will certainly care for me. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate Mm. the thoughts of unbelievers. You know, the marketers and advertising agencies, they really know this. This is what dominates most people's thoughts. But your heavenly father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Another translation says seek first. Everybody say seek first. first. Come on, one more time. Seek Seek first. Not second. Not an afterthought. Seek first today. Seek first tomorrow. Seek first next week. Seek first next month. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Let's break it down. What does the word seek mean? It means to pursue To run after. I ask, are you running after the kingdom of God? Are you running after Jesus with everything? Pursue, run after. Search diligently. Chase down. Passionately push forward. Push towards. What does first mean? Before everything else. Before everything else. Put your Lord before your latte. Christ before your cappuccino. Come on. There's some people still in the lobby. Come on out. Come on in. Come into this place. First, before everything else, foremost, of greater importance, primary, chiefly, like I said, no one likes second fiddle. No one likes to be, you know, the third choice for the prom. They ask the composer, the composer of the New York Philharmonic Orchestra, what's the most difficult instrument to play of all the instruments and he said second violin it's most difficult second fiddle I like to say I guess there is a difference between a violin and a fiddle he and they, they asked him why because everybody wants to be first nobody wants to be second I remember my senior year in high school we had uh what's called the Sadie Hawkins dance how many of y'all know the old time that's a a dance where they fix up the gym like it's a barn or something and they got hay everywhere and kind of a country thing you're supposed to wear jeans and I was from the city I didn't know about all this stuff so I tried to fit in you know urban cowboy the best that I could (laughs) but but in the Sadie Hawkins dance the guys don't get to invite the ladies they don't get to it's the only time where I know that's changed these days Yeah, women are proposing to men in our culture today. That dog won't hunt. I don't care what anybody says. Something's wrong with that. Yeah, you could tweet that I said that. But it's a lady that gets to invite the man to the dance, she gets a pick. And I remember my senior year, I said, Whoever is the first person to ask me, I'm going to go to the dance with them. The first person. And Celeste was the first person. She left much to be desired. I'm not going to say any more. My wife wouldn't let me say anything more. But you know what? I felt honored. Not that I, man, I probably wouldn't have picked me. But everybody was wondering. She was shocked and all my friends were shocked that I said yes. Not because I was some big stud or something, but it was because I was her first choice. First choice. I think many times the Lord allows scenarios to come up in our lives to see are we going to choose him before this over here? Are we going to choose that over this here? Some things that aren't even sin. He's just looking to see, are we his first choice that day, that week, that month? Little tests to see if we're going to pass them. If you don't believe God tests us, and it's not like the Florida education bill, no child left behind. No, no, he'll keep us in second grade, you know, like that Schwarzenegger movie. Remember you had to go back to kindergarten or first grade? I can't remember what it was. He'll keep us there until we pass the test. And how many times? You just you do your own search in the Bible, the word test, God tests us. He tests us because only he knows what's best for us. It's not because he's lonely. It's not because he's insecure. It's not because he's a dictator. It's because only his love can truly satisfy us. And only he knows what we really need. He sees the end from the beginning, the beginning from the end. You know, I believe with all my heart that our God moves at the speed of desperation. He moves at the speed of expectancy. He moves at the speed of our spiritual hunger, of how hungry we really are. I believe many don't receive from God because of a lack of real desperation, or they only get desperate in times of crisis. But can we live in a place of desperation? God is starting to move in the United States like I've never seen since I was a little kid during the Jesus movement. We're starting to see the trickles of of what some call revival, awakening, outpouring. We've seen it overseas when we lived overseas and going back and forth on mission trips. Sure, Pastor George right now experiencing it there in Honduras. But America does not. God doesn't owe America. God doesn't owe this country, United States of America, anything. We've offended him. We've stiffed him. We've turned our back on him. We've thrown him out of the public schools. We've—I mean, you know—don't don't get me going here. But out of his mercy, he's starting to pour out his spirit. Mm-mm-mm. But he's waiting to see. Not everybody's going to experience it. Not everybody. Like that old song, growing up. Some of the old timers can remember it. Don't pass me by. I don't feel no ways tired. I come too far to turn back now. Nobody told me that the road would be easy. I can't believe he brought me this far to leave me. Some are going to miss it because there's not a level of real desperation. I'm talking about people in some in the churches are going to miss it. Everybody around you could be experiencing breakthroughs. Everybody could be experiencing the glory of God in their lives. And nothing. Be sitting there, nothing. Because there's not an expectancy. Because again, I believe God moves at the speed of desperation. Here's the definition of desperation. A state of being that prompts reckless action or violence in the face of defeat or frustration. Maybe you're going through some frustration right now. If you will be desperate, write this down. Frustration always precedes elevation. Always. God wants to elevate you. He wants to bring you to a higher place. But he's looking at what you're doing during that frustration. Frustration. Are you going to try to anesthetize it and just, you know, go out somewhere and fill it with something else? Or are you going to say, God, if you don't come through, there is no plan B. Point of desperation in your life. Here's the big idea today. The big idea. Well, let me finish with desperation. It's showing extreme urgency or intensity, especially because of great need or desire. Producing a willingness. Mm. Come on, saints of God. A willingness to do anything necessary to see much needed results. Here's a big idea. Nothing moves until God moves. And when God moves, you better get ready to move. Move out of complacency. Move out of spiritual sluggishness. Move out of dullness and lukewarmness. Move out of doubt and unbelief. To have anybody here this morning, you're ready to move out and move on. Come on. If you believe it, stand up and give the Lord a praise break. Come on. Come on. Take a 30-second break. Like if your breakthrough has already come. Come on. Come on. Come on. If you believe it. If you really believe it. Come on. Come on. Ten more seconds. Come on. A sustained praise. Worthy is the King. Worthy is the king. (laughs) Hallelujah. Let me ask you, maybe see, how desperate are you? Are you at the level of frustration that you are hungry for more of God? Tired of doing it alone? You don't have to do it alone anymore. I got good news for you. Jesus wants to come right into your situation. He wants to jump right into your marriage right into your family, right into your career. You've been adding him on as an accessory. I could do away with this and still get by. Well, that's how you've been with Jesus. He's an accessory. He's an add-on. But if you will give him first place, first love, first choice, seek first, he'll jump right into your situation. You won't have to do it alone. Philippians chapter 2, verse 21 says this, all the others care for themselves and not for what matters to Jesus Christ. Who are those all the others? Turn around, look at somebody, look around you. They might be all the others or you might be the, one of the all the others. Because they seek everything else but not what really matters to Jesus Christ. Leonard Raven said it like this, the only reason we don't have revival is because we're willing to live without it. You know that church as usual just isn't going to cut it? Well, we could get by last year, not going to cut it in the days ahead. It's just not going to cut it. There's more water coming in the boat than we're scooping out of it. We've taken on a leak in our country. And it's going to take an all out, pressing in like never before. If you can't and won't live without this kind of outpouring and awakening in your life, give the Lord a big shout here this morning. Come on. You know, many are stuck in the, their now when God is one to bring them into their next. They're stuck with their now. They're stuck in the, the give me that good old time. They're always looking backwards We serve a God of forwards. Two-thirds of the name of God is what? Is go. Go. But many are stuck. They're stuck. Many aren't really hungry for what's next because they're content with what is now. The Jesus that was, but not the Jesus that is. Here's a big question this morning. How desperate are you for a move of God in your family, in your life, in this community? How hungry are you really for God. Are you hungry? Come on, are you hungry? I'm believing God has brought us all here to Gainesville, Florida, Alachua County, Dixie County, all the way to Leon County, Gilcrest County, for a time such as this, that he wants to bring an awakening. There's been people praying for this community way before we got here. The question is, will we be part of it? Matthew 5, 6 says, God blesses those who hunger and thirst. Hunger. Have you ever been hangry? Hangry is when you're so hungry that you're angry. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> you know, you won't be put on a waiting list at a restaurant. You're trying to bribe that, that, that waiter, that waitress, or the receptionist. You're trying to bribe her. You're trying to na- name drop that you know so-and-so, and you know just to get in. Come on. You have your wife drop you off at the front door of the restaurant because you see people from the parking lot getting there. No, whoa, whoa, Uh, Franco Gennaro. That's angry. Someone that's angry don't have to be convinced to eat. You open up that refrigerator, you've opened up 10 times, there's nothing in there but a pickle floating around, some juice in the back of it. By the 11th time you open it, that pickle's looking pretty good. Come on, precious. It's looking good in there. There's a big difference between desire and hunger. Desire comes and goes. Desires, they come and they go. Hunger isn't satisfied until it's it's fulfilled. It's reached its intended end. Hunger is an active state. It's a gnawing ache on the inside of you that can't be stopped until the need is met. Do I have any people here this morning that are hungry for a move of God? I mean really hungry for a move of God. Hunger is a sign of life. Your body is telling you something. You know what? A dead person isn't hungry. A sick person starts to lose their appetite and their hunger. I wonder how many people here you're sick, maybe even spiritually dead. But today you can get your A game back. Come on, flowing you some hope. Today you can get your hunger back. They don't need to be convinced. person that's hangry doesn't need to be convinced, reminded, coddled, coerced to eat. The woman woman in the Bible with the issue of blood, she was desperate. She broke through the crowd. She wasn't supposed to be at the crowd. It was illegal for what, what she was doing. But she had been suffering with an issue of blood for 12 years. It caused a desperation in her life. What's your issue? She had an issue of blood. What's your issue? Your marriage, you're ready to go throw it on the rocks? You're ready to give up? Winners don't give up, they get up. Come on. What is your issue? Financial issue? Our God owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He got leftover change upstairs more than we have in our national treasury. Streets of gold. But he's looking for desperation. Looking for desperate people. Desperate people. You know, many that I've noticed over the years that aren't really hungry for more of God is because they're hungry for other things more than God. Selah, let that sink in. The reason why they're not really hungry for God, because they're hungry, they got this little side thing that they're more hungry for, more hungry for an advancement in their career. More hungry for entertainment and amusement. Sometimes things that aren't even wrong in and of themselves. Hungry, more hungry for this little side, side trick that they got going on. Hungry for other things more than God himself. There are many Christians today who know what they've been saved from, but they don't know what they've been saved for because they're bored with God. They're not hungry. They know what they've been delivered from, but not what they've been delivered for because they've lost that desperation you know it's not good enough to know just what you've been saved from you got to be know what you have been saved for what you've been saved for why did he select you on his team I don't know I would have given up on myself I mean all the chances that God gave me and I kept turning away from him I don't know why he picked me I wouldn't have picked me but he did and when he did, and he extended his mercy one more time, I said, that's it. All bets are off the table. No, I'm, I'm, I'm all in. I'm all in. Lord, I want to know not just what I've been saved from, but what I'm saved for. What do you have for me, Lord? What's my mission? Where am I going? Live with purpose in life. Life is short. Make it count. Anybody, do I have anybody here that you're not satisfied with average? You're allergic to average, not addicted to average mediocrity is not your teammate you don't want that you want all that God has for you Mm -mm -mm. you know I believe everyone at one time or another I wrote this down everyone at one time or another will reach a crisis of their faith when what they've been believing for doesn't come through this is the time to see if you will continue to passionately love Jesus and put God first in your life Even if you don't see the answer to your prayer when you think it should be answered. Or even if it never gets answered because he has something better for you. But that's when most people acquiesce. They back off. And they just put it into into autopilot with Jesus. Oh, they're coming. They might even raise a little hand, half mass, you know, during worship. Praise the Lord. But they're not all in. They checked out a long time ago when it comes to first love and seeking Him with everything. We begin to close here. I want to give you three steps to get your hunger. How to to get it back. How to put God first once again. How many of y'all want to know how to get your A-game back? Come on. Turn to someone next to you and ask them, do you really want to get your A-game back? Are you ready to get it back and put God first? All right, here, here you go, here you go, here you go. Catch this. Number one, you got to repent. Everybody say repent. Repent. It's not just good enough to say, oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. Yeah, that was a good sermon. Yeah, I'll give them an eight. No, no, no. You got to repent. I have to repent. You make a choice, decision of your will to do things differently from this day forward. Your altar call might be tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. to get up get up. Get up and spend time with the Lord. Don't leave it for somebody else to do. Jesus rose from the dead and you can't get out of bed. Come on. First three letters of Satan's name is sat. And you're standing on the promises while sitting in the premises. And he's trying to get you up. Repent. It says this, Revelation 2, 5, turn back to me and do the works you did at first. What were those works you did at first? When you first fell in love with Jesus, when you first fell in love with the purposes of God, what were those things you did at first? Nobody had to beg you. Nobody had to coerce you. Nobody had to twist your spiritual arm. Nobody had to hold you accountable. You were looking for it anywhere you go. I remember when the Jesus movement swept through Tampa. I mean, they had tents going up everywhere. Christian coffee houses. People every night of the week wanted to find out what was going on. They were playing Christian radio songs on Q one hundred and five, the rock station in Tampa. Every tenth song was a Christian song because it was such a demand. That's a move of God. That's a move of God. That people they would have afterglow services. If you got to leave, leave. But nobody wanna We're ending the service. But if you want to stay, and the glow of God, the presence of God, was so strong. There. So number one, you got to repent. Do the deeds you did at first. He says, if you don't repent, I will come remove your lampstand from its place salt loses saltiness Jesus said it's not worth anything and you know I'm hoping this is not true but there could be some people here this morning that that you're not going to make it to heaven unless you repent you're just not going to make it to heaven Jesus has extended his mercy to you many times today might be your last time he's extending his mercy to you but you're going to have to repent. You're going to have to turn away for some things. you got to let it go of this to grab, grab hold of that. Number two, you need to fall in love with Jesus and God's sweet presence again. What you did at first, many are more in love with the blessing of God than being in love with God himself. Oh, I want the blessing of God. I want the hand of God. I want Him to his hand. He said, no, 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 seek my face. You get my intimacy. You get my presence. You get everything you need. And I have no problem taking care of the hand part to give to you. Rise early. Worship privately. Fast secretly. Miss some meals. Miss a day. Don't tell anyone. Just fast. If You find like you, 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 you're losing it. You're getting a little bit rusty on the inside. You're getting a little bit cold. Then just call a fast, sundown to sundown. I'm not going to tell anyone. I'm just going to do it wait patiently, forsake sin. The Lord told me there's some individuals here this morning, you got secret sin going on. You got some pornography on the side. You got some lust over here. You got some greed. You got a little bit of lying, a little bit of cheating. You got all kinds of categories. Well, it's not really all that bad. The Lord's saying, deal with it. When you first came to the Lord and he got a hold of your life, you are just, I mean, you are coming forward to altar calls every week. No, no, you're already saved. Go back to your seat because you are so sensitive to the Lord. Forsake secret sin. Please him passionately. Put his and other desires before your own. Prioritize the kingdom. Like I said, 6 a.m. prayer on Tuesdays. Connect groups. Get off Facebook and get your face in the book. Come on. Can I get a witness? And number three, third step to get your hunger back. Put God for live on mission. Everybody say, live on mission. Turn person next to you and say, you got to live on mission. Jesus said in Luke 14, 23 get out into the country lanes. Go all the way to Newberry Road, go all the way to 13th Street. Go to the east side of town. Go all the way to the west side of town. Highway 441. Go to wherever. Go out into the country lanes behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that the house will be full. Turn around. Look at these empty seats. Everybody look. I want you to see. How many of y'all know Jesus wants to fill these empty seats? Because he loves, he loves people. For God so loved the world Jesus said, there's more joy in heaven, not over 99 righteous people who don't need to repent, but a sinner that repents. He said, I didn't come for the well, I came for the sick. He doesn't want to see people in bondage. That's why we need to fill the house, so they can be set free. Their marriage is restored. The craziness and the confusion of identity and everything else lined up how God made us to be. Got to live on mission. 1 Timothy 2 says, God our Savior who wants everyone to be saved. Everyone and to understand the truth. I believe every Christian is a missionary. And every pre-Christian is your mission field. You don't need to go across the sea. Try going across the street. We got invite cards right out there. Get an invite card for Easter. And just go across the street. Say, I'd like to invite you to come. I don't know if you have any place to go in Easter. Love to have you sit by me and as my guest, you know, when I was a manager at Chick-fil-A years back, we had something called raving fans, especially as managers. We love these individuals because they weren't getting paid. They weren't employees. They, 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 there was no perks on the side. They simply weren't. They were satisfied. They were satisfying their deepest desire hunger with crispy waffle f- fries limited-time-only frothy peach shakes. Come on, those grilled nuggets. Can I get a witness? They just tasted something phenomenal and had to tell the world without anyone paying them. Their blogs, their tweets on Facebook, on YouTube, TikTok videos talking about the season's in for the frothy shake. Well, I'm here to tell you, I've tasted and I've seen that the Lord is good. Has anybody else here tasted and seen that the Lord is good? Come on, the waffle fries of His wonders. Come on. The sweet tea of His presence. Chick-fil-A, we'd have that hand-squeezed lemonade. People loved it. We can't just live normal lives. We can't. We can't. My wife, and I end with this my wife on vacations, she asked me every year, honey, can we just have a normal vacation and not try to get the whole cruise ship saved? Is it possible to be at that hotel, that resort, in the pool, without talking to everybody in the pool? I've tasted. My brother, I've tasted. I've tasted. Come on, I've tasted. I've tasted. I've tasted, and when you've tasted of the good things of the Lord, you've got to tell, you got to tell someone. Let's all stand. I want the prayer team to come forward, but we're going to do something different, quite different. The praise team, come on up here. And, and the prayer team's going to face this way, because they're going to be the first ones to begin to worship. We're going to take a few moments here and we're going to make a fresh dedication. I want everybody to come out from the aisles. This is going to be like an old-fashioned revival, R.W. Shambach revival service right here. Everybody come out of the aisles. Everybody come out of the aisles. Fit into the middle section. Come up here in the front. Come on, this is kind of like a sawdust ground tent meeting and we're all going to make a fresh dedication to the Lord. A crying out in desperation Lord give me that first love again whatever it takes whatever adjustments you need to make come on if you're not satisfied run up here run up here get in the aisles and begin to call out to the Lord whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved begin to call upon him begin to call upon him he's not far away somewhere He's near you, but He's waiting for you to press in. An expectancy, a level of hunger that you once had or maybe never have had. But now is the time. Just lift your hands as a sign of surrender, international sign of surrender. And let's worship the Lord with this song. Come on. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.